1: Hey, welcome back in. Congratulations on your engagement. Maybe you got engaged on Christmas or Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. First step is to find a venue. So you need to look at The Legacy on Possum Run. Now you can check it out by going to thelegacyonpossumrun.com. When you get there, make sure you sign up for the January 27th open house. You'll get to attend and see the three beautifully unique spaces that comprise the venue. And then you'll understand why Ohioans from Cleveland to Columbus to Cincinnati are raving about the legacy on Possum Run. You'll also get to meet a handful of preferred vendors. By the way, pricing is on the website and open dates for 2024 and 2025 are also there. If you're getting married in 2024, by the way, you better book a tour quickly because dates are filling and they're almost out. So check out the legacy on PossumRun.com and uh, note, my wife and I do operate that business. So we do profit when you do business with us, and we are grateful for you. So uh, the legacy on possumrun.com, your legacy begins here. Right now, I want to welcome to the phone, uh, or welcome to the show via phone, rather, Joe Gurgley, political director for Ohio Conservative PAC. Joe, how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great. Great to join you here, Jack.
1: Yeah, man. Good to have you. Uh, lots going on. Uh, I saw a tweet that you put out, and I want to start with, if you don't mind, um, you, you conducted a poll of 500 likely voters. Tell me what that poll, uh, returned to you with respect to the GOP race for president.
2: Yeah, well, it, uh, sort of what we expected, you know, Ohio is a, is, is a Trump state. It's, it's gone for Trump, um, uh, in the uh, general election two two cycles in a row. And he's got a comfortable lead here. Um, very, very comfortable. He's sitting at 59%. Now, this is for District 2. This is Southern Ohio. However, it's a very healthy sample size. We're very confident in the results here. By the way, that's Brad Wenstrup's district, 59%. right? 59%.
1: Oh, sorry. I cut you off right when you were given the, the, the goods. District 2 is Wenstrup's district currently, right?
2: Correct. Southern okay. Ohio from yeah. Claremont County, right next to Hamilton County, all the way down uh, uh, southern ohio it's a large geographic area all the way uh to uh the eastern portion of ohio
1: so trump sitting at 59 percent. the close next closest is like what 40 is that 47 points away ron desantis 12 percent. yep yeah yeah and then there's nikki haley at seven vivek chris christie pulling three percent um so let me ask you a question do you feel like Nikki Haley has a shot.
2: No. Okay. No, not anymore. I mean, look, I, I, I thought early on there was a shot that um, Ron DeSantis, if anybody was going to take out Trump, and I think you've seen based on Trump's reactions to Ron DeSantis versus other candidates, right? Yep. He has always viewed him as a threat because I think he's really the only person in the race who could have um, absorbed a portion of the MAGA base um, just because he's so similar to Trump, he doesn't have the swagger, but his policies are really similar. You'd be hard pressed uh, to uh, criticize anything that Ron DeSantis did as governor of Florida. Um, I think he was the, the, the biggest threat. I think the polling always showed that. And he just really never took off. No,
1: you know, it all it's it appeared to me and I could be wrong. It, it appeared to me that the Ron DeSantis that we saw during covid when he burst into a room and basically kicked butt and took names like didn't wouldn't take it from reporters, wouldn't take it from anybody. It, it just got tamped down. It seemed once he got to the debate stage, it, it it almost appeared that he was trying to be play Mr. Nice guy. And that's not the guy that people fell in love with. I, I felt like his demeanor had changed a little bit. Um let's talk about this district two race because Brad Wenstrup announced he's not going to run again in 2024, that he wants to spend more time with family. Now that's important because we've seen an exodus of Republican lawmakers. They're announcing they're not, they're either leaving earlier or they're not going to run again in 2024. Uh, so two part question, uh, who do you see shaping up to be the favorite in that district? And do you think it is safely read or do you think that there is a risk of it, uh, going over to the Democrats
2: this will never go to the Democrats this is this is a uh, plus 20 plus Republican seat so the the race for district 2 is effectively the primary whoever wins that is going to be a congressman or congresswoman um, and this is going to be one that's widely watched across the country I know here in Ohio we uh, last year we had one that was all eyes were on District Nine up in Northwest Ohio, and we're going to see that again. But here in District Two, there are 12 candidates running, um, all walks of life. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Marine Drill Instructors. We've got uh, self-made. We, we've got millionaires. We've got politicians. We've got um, we've got former journalists who are posing as Republicans. Uh, we've got never Trumpers. We've got uh, soccer moms, right? This is going to be a really, really interesting race. There's 12 candidates, and um, this is one all eyes are going to be on across the country.
1: So, I, a couple of names I see that I recognize: uh, Tim O'Hara, Shane Wilkin, um, naraj Antani, uh, Ron Hood. Um, who? But you piqued my interest. Who's the Who's the journalist posing as a Republican?
2: Oh, this is a wild one. I mean, we're seeing this just within the last hour more more stuff is coming out on this guy. This 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 guy makes uh George Santos look like on Aid. Uh he has um you know, we've we found that uh he's he's posing as a, a America first MAGA candidate, despite the fact that on January sixth, twenty twenty one, he was calling Trump supporters terrorists, right? He was praising Mike Dewine's mask mandates. His name's Derek Myers, uh, young fellow. Uh, he, you know, he's been pushing the vaccine. He even recently, 2022, we just we we were just sent a message here from the the Ross County Democrat Party. He applied to be a central committee member at, at the Ross County Democrat Party, um, and so. I mean this is just uh we we consider it an infiltration at the at 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 the very worst uh we've never seen anything like this right yeah um, and this is a guy who worked for George Santos
1: No kidding well I was going to say he kind of sounds like a younger version of Mike DeWine he's really a democrat but he slaps an R behind his name and expects people to uh, be asleep at the wheel. Uh, by the way, I don't have a lot of affinity for Governor Mike DeWine and if you do, Joe, I apologize in advance.
2: Oh um, uh, no, we're we're right there with you.
1: <laughs> well, so who do you think is going to who do you think the favorite is in that in in, in district 2 if you had to pick? Who who do you think is uh, or do you think it's going to come down to the wire?
2: Look, I think I think there's four I, I think it is going to come down to the wire, right? And and quite honestly, it could be anybody. There's probably eight legitimate candidates if Trump stays out of the race, who you can make a case for. But there's a couple that that really intrigue us um, that we think are, are going to be at the top. Number one is Shane Wilkin. He's a state mm-hmm. senator. Um, really, we're, we're not excited about the guy, but he does have name recognition. If anybody in the district has name ID, it's him. Um, so he's going to be up there towards the end. Um, Tim O'Hara uh, is is. Uh, a former Marine uh, drill instructor, has been uh, spending heavily, a uh, very wealthy individual. Um, he's been spending heavily. Um, Kim Georgetown, uh, mom, she's a Moms for Liberty candidate. A lot of people are sleeping on her, but, you know, you, it's hard to really discount her when there's 12 candidates, 11 of whom are men. Yeah, and she's the only female,
1: and she's polling so, at seven percent uh, within striking distance.
2: She is, and you know they always say, I think, uh, uh, give women a five percent bump or or three percent bump. Um, it's not as as common in uh, Republican primaries, but these, when you have twelve candidates, she's going to be right up there at the end. Um, she's going to be a contender.
1: Hey Joe, and we've got about t- 12- Joe. Joe, we've got about 20 seconds. Do you want to stick on the other side of the break? I've got an eight-minute segment. Do you want to hang? Sure thing. All right. Hey, uh, I'm joined uh, right now by Joe Gurgley and uh, he is the political director for Ohio Conservative PAC. And uh, we're going to talk uh, more Congress and uh, U.S. Senate on the other side of the break. Welcome back. We are talking with Joe Gurgley political director for Ohio Conservative PAC. And we were just talking about the race to replace Brad Winstrip in Ohio Congressional District 2. And uh it's a basketball team, two basketball teams of candidates there vying for a spot. Uh Joe, I wanna I wanna toggle over if we can uh to talk about District 9. Um that's that is a race um on the Republican side that looks like it's it's gonna be what? Derek Marin and, and J.R. Majewski uh going head to head.
2: Derek Marin, J.R. Majewski and and uh former state representative Craig Riedel, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be one that we watch for sure. There's only a, a handful of districts across the country who um You know, their indexes are Republican, but they're held by Democrat seats. That is one of them. the plus five Trump uh, seat. However, it's held by Democrat Marcy Captor for years and years. It was always a Democrat stronghold. And then recently with redistricting, it's it's now a Republican district. So, yeah, all eyes are on on District 9 as well.
1: Well, I mean, I'm interested in your your feedback on Marcy Captor is, you know, she's got She has friends in the press. The AP loves her. Uh, Whenever they need a hit piece, she needs a hit piece. They go out and they write it for her, uh, which was the case with J.R. Majewski last election cycle. And we were able to uh, snuff out some of the BS that the Associated Press printed, uh, but probably too little too late. Uh, I actually left Craig Riedel off the list, and I did that unintentionally. uh, But I think (laughs) cognitively the the reason I did it is I think he's got a similar issue that – that old Derek Myers has, the, the journalist posing as a Republican. Now, uh, obviously, Riedel is a Republican, but he was recorded saying some stuff, wasn't he?
2: He was. And, you know, uh, I don't think it was really over the top. Anything that Craig Riedel was saying, the thing that we really took issue with, you know, he, he questioned uh, Donald Trump. Um, and look, there are certainly things we questioned Donald Trump about. I think he called him arrogant. Um, said some negative things about Donald Trump. However, he was caught on tape, mm-hmm. and within 24 hours of this tape going out there publicly, he goes out and endorses Donald Trump. <laughs> now,
1: battlefield triage.
2: That was so <laughs> yeah, and just phony. I mean, the worst type of politics. If if you have an issue with Donald Trump, I mean, look, the Ohio conservatives back. We've been critical of, of President Trump. Uh, not coming to Ohio, not speaking out on issue one in August or in November. Uh, We take issue with that. Um, Now, are we going to be supporting them 100 percent? Right. But uh, if you have an issue, uh, make it known, discuss it. I think voters can respect having disagreements. What they can't respect is just flat out phoniness during a campaign, saying one thing and another.
1: So let's talk about uh real quick, if you had to pick right now, who do you think the front runner is in district nine uh, is it Marin is it Riedel? is it uh, Majewski
2: during the primary it's one hundred percent j r. Majewski okay uh, anybody who does a poll right now uh, it's j r Majewski and and I think that's the reason derek Marin's in this race you know he's been recruited by uh, Speaker Johnson and uh, some heavy forces in washington d c because uh, a lot of them believe that J.R. Majewski cannot win the general election and so they're looking for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I think I think there might have been some some conversations with with uh, Johnson and Trump about this. I think it's interesting Donald Trump hasn't weighed in one way or the other. Um I know he's he's supported J.R. Majewski in the past. Um, I know he thinks the world of JR. Um, but it's a it's a contentious uh primary where there's uh, a lot of A lot of balls in the air and a lot of things to take into consideration there. So um, the big thing that I think is uh, the main priority of Speaker Johnson is just winning the seat. And I think people realize Craig Riedel is probably not going to be able to win the primary. And um, a lot of people think J.R. Majewski can't win the general. So they're looking looking to Derek Marin, and we'll see if he can get it done.
1: Two big races, District 2 and District 9. Be interesting to see if Trump does weigh in. I would also add to your list of things Trump didn't weigh in on. Donald Trump could have weighed in on the Republican primary for governor. Uh, I think it was percent. he he missed an opportunity to uh, unseat who I will call uh, till my dying day, a Marxist. Uh, Mike DeWine is not only not a Republican, he's a Marxist. And um, what a shame. But he has weighed in on this U.S. Senate race. We only have about two and a half minutes here. So I want to get your take on it. Uh, Trump chose Bernie Marino, uh, Cleveland business magnate. Uh, over Secretary Frank LaRose, over State Senator Matt Dolan. Uh, right now, it, it still appears, though, that Frank is leading in some polls. How do you see that race shaping out? And as we get closer to the primary, do you think it's a done deal because Trump weighed in?
2: You know, I, 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 think, I think Bernie ends up winning this race, but do I think it's a done deal? No. Um, I'll be interested to see if uh, Matt Dolan stays in this race or if he campaigns the way he did last time. Right. I think he's sort of the wild card here. I think if he, uh, goes through the motions like he is right now, I think Bernie's going to win this easily. If he, uh, if he really goes all in and maybe it's Frank LaRose that drops, drops down or drops out. You know, I think a head to head is the only way Bernie could ever lose. Um, I think with three people in the race, Bernie's going to win this thing. It's and probably quite comfortably. Our our most recent poll we did district two, um, uh, we had him seventeen percent, LaRose twelve percent, Matt Dolan nine. Uh, we anticipate as as uh, we get closer and more people learn that Trump has endorsed Bernie Moreno, he pulls even further ahead.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see. I feel like if it's Bernie Moreno and Matt Dolan, it's going to be it's going to be a barn burner um any any thoughts uh we've got about a minute here any thoughts on house bill 68 that's the one that would uh enact the safe act and save women's sports the house is uh, set to vote on it today or excuse me start session today at two we expect to vote on whether they'll override uh dewine's veto of that bill do you have a pulse on that at all
2: they're gonna override it look we've only heard of one house member who opposes the veto and that's uh representative brett hillier um now will there be more or will there be some that just don't show up so they don't have to be uh you know on the record against it maybe but um look anybody i think this is death sentence for anybody who opposes this veto right yeah um so i think I, I think even though there are some who would like to to vote no um i think i think this veto is going to get uh, overridden
1: Uh, Brett Hudson Hillier, uh, 614-466-8035, 614-466-8035. It appears that Brett Hudson Hillier does not want to protect women's sports or our kids from dangerous drugs and gender mutilation surgery. So give him a call. Uh, Hey, Joe, it was a a pleasure to have you and uh, hopefully we'll have you in the days and weeks ahead as uh, things heat up in this 24 election cycle.
2: Hey, thanks again, Jack.
1: Hey, you're welcome. That was uh, Joe Gurgley, political director for Ohio Conservative PAC, talking about the race for Congress, District Two, District Nine, uh, U.S. Senate race, uh, presidential election, and then House Bill sixty-eight. Joe said eh, it's gonna it's gonna get over, and you know, my concern though he he kind of hinted at it is that what if there are people who just don't show up, and then the people who do vote for it, they've got you know some safety if you will, as they go into a primary election, because they they can't be faulted for not voting to override, but it's the people who don't show up who maybe, I don't know what, don't give the Republicans the 60-vote majority that they need to, to get it done. We're going to have our eyes peeled today, so more to come.